Hello there, little masters, and welcome to the new weekly Prancing Pony podcast, where tonight, the good stuff is going to make you hoot twice like a barn owl and once like a screech owl. West Uhal, my friends. I'm Sean Marchese, the real-life Lord of the Mark, and I'm here with the man of the West, the William to my Bert. <laughs> I, I didn't know you could cook, Alan. Alan Sisto. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. I can grill just about anything, and yes, I even have a rotisserie. Ooh, that's <laughs> fancy. Folks, this is going to be a fun one. Dwarvish contracts, borough hobbits, and culinary arguments amongst the uncivilized. And you don't even mean just us. Uh, not, to mention, <laughs> not to mention talking purses. But first, it's time for a Tolkien fun fact. That's right. <laughs> Today's fun fact comes to us, as so many others have, from Carpenter's biography. There we learn that as his boys grew older, Tolkien would tell them stories. Big surprise, right? No, shocking. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just color right. me stunned. Um, but these stories that he invented in the family's early days at Northmore Road, where they moved in uh, 1926, were, it turns out, just a little different from some of the stories we've heard. Uh, okay. Carpenter tells us that the tales were about this irrepressible villain, Bill Stickers, a huge hulk of a man who always <laughs> got away with everything. Well... It turns out his name <laughs> was taken from a notice on an Oxford gate that said, Bill Stickers will be prosecuted. <laughs> and, and get this, the name of the Dudley Do-Right character who was always chasing after Stickers, his name was inspired by a similar source. It was Major Rodahead. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, indeed. Bill Stickers oh, will be prosecuted. Man. That's great. Uh, and you oh, thought we were bad with yeah, puns. I know, um, seriously. <laughs> yeah, Bill Stickers, Major Road Ahead. Uh, probably not in the next Peter Jackson film. Uh, no, no, no. Not when you can uh, have Alfred. <laughs> no, yeah, right, exactly. Um, well, <laughs> thank you for that one, Alan. That was our Tolkien fun fact for today. Yes, it uh, was. But, but we've got a full chapter ahead, so why don't we go ahead and get to it? Alan? I, I agree. We sure do. Uh, one word of warning, I love reading the trolls, so we've picked some longish passages. Uh, we hope you don't mind. <laughs> oh, we all can't wait for it. Let's do it. It's going to be fun. Let's go ahead and start out at the beginning, because as we've noted so many times before, it's a very good place to start. <laughs> Bilbo wakes up. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it, I was going to say it never gets old, but actually it might. It does. It, it, it might it be starting get to get old. It does get old, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. that's the fun thing about it. It's, it's like again, it's like a bad Saturday night. It's Live a dad skit. joke. It's it's such a dad joke. It is. It is a very dad well, joke. Well, we're dads. What are we going to do? We are. Uh, so Bilbo wakes up, and immediately we get this internal debate again. The the mm -hmm. Took Baggins. So let me go ahead and read uh, from the middle of the first paragraph on a little bit, and we'll see some of that debate. Okay. The washing up was so dismally real that Bilbo was forced to believe the party of the night before had not been part of his bad dreams, as he had rather hoped. Indeed, he was really relieved, after all, to think that they had all gone without him, and without bothering to wake him up. But with never a thank you, he thought. And yet, in a way, he could not help feeling just a trifle disappointed. The feeling surprised him. Don't be a fool, Bilbo Baggins, he said to himself, thinking of dragons and all that outlandish nonsense at your age. So he put on an apron, lit fires, boiled water, and washed up. Then he had a nice little breakfast in the kitchen before turning out the dining room. By that time, the sun was shining, and the front door was open, letting in a warm spring breeze. Bilbo began to whistle loudly and to forget about the night before. <laughs> in fact, he was just sitting down to a nice little second breakfast in the dining room by the open window when in walked Gandalf. 
<laughs> what a what a morning to wake up to, huh? Yeah, and what a vision that is. I mean, I <laughs> you wake up thinking just just thinking for a moment, maybe it was all just a dream, and then yeah, all these dirty dishes. Yeah, a huge pile in the kitchen, like just stacks yeah. and stacks and stacks. Um, and I love this conflict, though. I mean, immediately you've got, yeah, he wanted it to be part of his dreams. He was really mm-hmm. relieved that they'd gone and that they didn't even wake him up. He's like, oh, thank goodness, man, I dodged a bullet. But he was feeling disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's strange. In fact, it's so strange it surprises him himself. <laughs> that is true, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that, that's an interesting catch because – um, you know, one thing that I notice is how much the Baggins wins out, you know, with, um, mm. oh yeah, with totally. Wins not out. only his relief, you know, just the general relief, uh, but noticing that they never said thank you, which is yeah, a very yeah. Baggins thing to think about, but you're right. There is a, there's a bit of that, that Tukishness too. He's, he's, uh, he's a little surprised, um, by his own disappointment yeah. that they're gone. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Why am I disappointed? Yeah. I can't possibly be disappointed. And then very Bagginsy, he puts on his apron, lights the fires, boils the water. You know, he gets all domestic on us again. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Turn so. out the kitchen. And I love this. He literally began to forget the about the night room. before. Yeah. Forgot about it. Yeah. Just forgot about it. I mean, really? You had, tw- <laughs> had all these dwarves in your house. <laughs> Up until the middle of the night, you were hardly able to sleep because you kept hearing Thorin singing in the next room. <laughs> but you've forgotten about it. <laughs> Maybe not truly, but he's you know he's moving on no, with his life. He's begun he's kinda, to yeah. exactly. Yeah, he's exactly. He's getting to a point where it's like, okay, well, I can I can get back into my get back into my routine. I'm glad that's over. Yeah, yeah. Now that little adventure is over. Uh, but of course, Gandalf arrives, and well, unless we got it, we've got to point out that he's sitting down to a nice little second breakfast. Yep, yep. It definitely a a well earned comfort. A well-earned comfort. Yes. Sitting on the field of the spoils of yes, battle. Yes, exactly. Um, um, yeah. So Gandalf yes, arrives Gandalf and, and immediately, uh, you know, what is going on? Why aren't you with us? What was this about the early start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, here's the uh, the other anachronism. Gandalf says, great like elephants. Breakfast or whatever you call it at half past yeah, ten. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> half past ten, I think most people call that an early lunch. Yeah. Um, or brunch. Or yeah, at least there are days where, where I'm like, thank goodness somebody's serving lunch at 10:30 because if I, you know, my day job, uh, there are times where I'm up at 4:30 in the morning because I need to be, you know, oh my goodness, on some remote location at at sunrise at 6:15 or something. Oh my, um, yeah, architectural photography. If I got to yeah, be, yeah, that's true. You, know, you, you need to get a sunrise shot. If you I have need to a sunrise there, shot yeah. because the the important face faces east, then that's what I got to do. Yeah. So sometimes I'm trying to find lunch at 10:30. Uh, here's Bilbo having a second breakfast instead, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great elephants. Love great that little elephants. anachronism. That is great. <laughs> and it is really he has a mantelpiece and he dusts it every day. Is that what Gandalf knows about Bilbo? Um, a little bit odd for that. Just, and, and he's a he's a creature of such habit that he dusts that, the mantelpiece every that day. Gandalf, who hadn't stopped by in years, knew. Oh, that that's he a good point. The mantelpiece yeah. on a daily basis. <laughs> Gandalf's been watching. Oh him. goodness! But uh, you have to wonder. If you do have to wonder. Him. Yeah, I agree. But there's a, a a fancy little note that arrives. Do you want to tell us what the, what was on that note? I would love to read Bilbo that missed? note. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thorin and company to Burglar Bilbo greeting. For your hospitality, <laughs> our sincerest thanks. And for your offer of professional assistance, our grateful acceptance. Terms, cash on delivery, up to and not exceeding one-fourteenth of total profits, if any. All traveling expenses guaranteed in any event. 
funeral expenses to be defrayed by us or our representatives if occasion <laughs> arises and the matter is not otherwise arranged for. Thinking it unnecessary to disturb your esteemed repose, we have proceeded in advance to make requisite preparations and shall await your respected person at the Green Dragon Inn, Bywater, at 11 a.m. sharp. Trusting that you will be punctual, we have the honor to remain <laughs> yours deeply, Thorin and Co. Wow. I love this mock formality. Oh, so, yeah. It, it, they've real, they're really just turned, you know, we talked about that at the end of chapter one. Yeah. With, uh, you know, Bilbo's, um, Bilbo's politeness and, and Thorin kind of mocking his politeness there. And they're really just doing that again. They've turned... Bilbo's they totally are. niceties on, on its ear. You know, his, right back on himself. Yes, his, uh, his obsession the, with these little minutiae. You know, it's a yeah. very modern obsession, almost lawyerly obsession with minutiae. They've really been really playing so. with that. Yeah, I mean, I want, to go back, I want to go back to that paragraph and just real quickly look mm -hmm. at it. He goes, I yeah. should like it all plain and clear. He said, obstinately, putting on his business manner, usually reserved for people who try to borrow money off of him. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'd, I should like to know about risks, out-of-pocket expenses, time required, remuneration, and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, of course, Thorin's note is like, well, <laughs> right. if that's what you want, I'll give Very you a Very detailed. I'll yeah. give you a contract. Mm -hmm. uh, and, of course, I love the, the – <laughs> he's absolutely trying to frighten Bilbo out of his socks. When that's he's true. Yeah, the funeral, funeral expenses, expenses to be, to be defrayed. defrayed. I love – If occasion arises and the matter's not otherwise arranged for, as if – and, you know, as if your body hasn't been burned has up been, by has a dragon. Has been already digested <laughs> or cremated by dragon fire. <laughs> or fallen off a cliff or is irretrievable. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, if we still have your body, we'll we'll do something with it. I they, guess they will hand, we'll saying. deal with it, yeah. Oh, my Too goodness. Too funny. And thinking it unnecessary to disturb your esteemed repose – you know, I wish my kids would think it unnecessary to disturb my esteemed repose. Oh yeah, they, they won't. They won't Saturday do that. Saturday mornings. They won't no. do that for probably ever. Yeah, probably forever. You're right. I mean, when they're teenagers and they don't want to get up till eleven o'clock in the morning, the one day I want to get up is the one day, or the one day I want to sleep in is the one day they'll yeah. wake up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. Unnecessary to disturb your esteemed so great. repose. Uh, and it's very, it's just this obsequious language. It's this over the totally, top yeah. and it's yeah. designed to kind of mock that propriety that, right. uh, that they see in Bilbo, this, this right. kind of laughable, uh, you're so not ready for this. <laughs> not that they are, as we'll see, but you know. Yeah. And that is something that, you know, I know we're, we're, we're done talking about the movies, but that is something that you kind of lose in the movies mm -hmm. because the, you know, the dwarves yeah, come out with the, this contract. Yeah. They make the dwarves out to be the, the. The ones who are interested to be, in having to be a the officious deal. ones, as opposed to Bilbo. Yeah, where it's a very Baggins thing to be. And it the is really. It is a very Bagginsy thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, that is a so big great. difference. And, and though we won't often harp on those, it's certainly worth mentioning. No, yeah. So then Gandalf it's, basically it's kicks different. him out the door. Literally, you know, we hear about that. If you're talking about that incident with the dragon, I barely gave your uncle a nudge <laughs> out of the door. Really? Yeah. You, you just dragged oh, that, his that's, butt that's out the door. That's quite a nudge. That's a that's, yeah. That's a nudge. I, nudge, nudge. I wink, love wink. this. I love the second. Uh, that no time for that either. Yeah, you know, no time. Doesn't even know what it is. No time. He for just that says, either. but Off and no go. time for that either. So I mean, great. He just shoves him out the door in a hurry. So um, let's find out exactly to what extent. To the end of his days, Bilbo could never remember how he found himself outside without a hat, a walking stick, or any money or anything that he usually <laughs> took when he went out, leaving his second breakfast half finished and quite unwashed up pushing his keys into Gandalf's hands and running as fast as his furry feet could carry him down the lane, past the great mill, across the water, and then on for a mile or more. My hmm. goodness. Um, I'm going to skip a, a big chunk here and then finish this up. 
Okay. That's how they all came to start, jogging off from the inn one fine morning just before May on laden ponies. And Bilbo was wearing a dark green hood, a little weather-stained, and a dark green cloak borrowed from Dwalin. They were too large for him, and he looked rather comic. What his father Bungo would have thought of him, I daren't think. His only comfort was he couldn't be mistaken for a dwarf as he had no beard. So, hmm. yeah, um, I, I, I skipped some, and we'll go back to what we what we skipped over, but I thought Skip those two tied together. And, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. just some dialogue, but I really wanted to make sure we got that last little bit in because there are some very important little bits there that we'll, we'll touch Definitely, on shortly. Yeah. We'll yeah. get back to the beginning of that. Um, isn't this interesting? You know, we talk about the Took and Baggins side, but here, this is no side. This is Gandalf deciding. <laughs> this, this is true. Yeah, that's the, true. He's pushed out the door. He's, yeah. He's, he's, not, he's not making this decision on his own. This is no, really this is Gandalf not the Took side saying, I'm ready for an adventure. Yeah. This is not yeah, him true. waving the contract going, I'm off on an adventure. Right. No, that's he's not true. excited about that's this. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that's true. Whoa. He doesn't he doesn't know he suddenly realize he doesn't know how he got outside. And Literally. To yeah. the end of his days, he he never remembers how. <laughs> he just knows that he did. Yeah, exactly. And it's just absolutely stunning to him. Gandalf used an old Jedi mind trick on him, I guess. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> this is the these adventure are, you're waiting These for. are the dwarves you're looking for. Uh, don't try your Jedi mind tricks on me. <laughs> oh, man. Phantom Menace reference. Wow. <laughs> Watto. I couldn't remember his name. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm definitely there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Way too much prequel to knowledge. I should not yeah. have prequel yeah. knowledge. <laughs> no, we should, at least just not admit to prequel knowledge. <laughs> uh, there, I'm sure there's like uh, rehab for that. Yeah, there is. <sighs> Yeah, it's called watching episodes four through six repeatedly. Exactly, yeah. Um, so anyway, we digress. <laughs> oh, it's like man. 14 minutes in and we already had a, another digression. That's all um, right. Last Jedi tickets went on sale this week. We can have some fun That's with it. right. That's right. I'd forgotten about that. That trailer hit uh, the other day. I haven't seen it. I've not seen it yet either. I didn't have the time. It came out on Monday Night Football, and frankly, I've just been too busy. <laughs> I'm, I, I think I'm going to try not to watch it. I think I'm just going to. I'm going to go inside unseen. I'm already going to go see the movie. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course we'll see it. I mean, that's just without anyway. saying. <laughs> um, anyway. We yes. digress. Anyway, indeed. <laughs> Don't try. <laughs> I, 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 he's, a, he's a voice I can do. Jar Jar Binks, on the other hand, not so much. No, uh, and no, that's let's okay. not even try. So <laughs> let's not even try. No, let's definitely not even try. So we get this wonderful dialogue, balance all like, you know, bravo. Good job. You're here on time. Wow. We didn't expect that. Uh, you know, you can tell it's very <laughs> <You're>, sarcastic. <laughs> do you think? I think Do you think so. it's sarcastic? If I it were anybody but if it were That's anybody true. but if it were anybody but Balin, I would say. Yeah, maybe you're sarcastic. right. Because Balin does seem like the the one guy who's not Balin so... always has faith in Bilbo throughout this whole thing. It's, you're right. It's he kinda does. heartwarming to me. It kinda tells me even from the beginning that there's hope for Bilbo. He can he can mm-hmm. be this hero that Gandalf wants him to be. I think you know? you're right. I think you're right. Dwalin, on the other hand, has Dwalin. <laughs> Twilight's like, well, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to manage you, that pocket handkerchiefs. Right, exactly. <laughs> Don't be precise, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is which is such great advice because it's like you're you're out of that world, you know. You, yeah. You don't have time. You don't. You're have not gonna be precise the luxury anymore. of precision anymore. Yeah. You'll be lucky if you just happen to remember whether it's morning or afternoon. Um, right. But this closing paragraph that I read is really there's some key stuff in here. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the physical appearance, right? He's he's wearing the dark green hood and dark green cloak. They're too large. He looks comic. But this line, what his father Bungo would have thought of him, mm-hmm. I daren't think. 
That's a big line right there. That is a big line. Yeah. This is all about that respect thing. You yeah. know, he, he feels like, you know, remember that line? He he may have lost the neighbor's respect, but, well, you know, we'll see what he gained we'll in the end. We'll see if he gained anything in the end. Yeah. This is him already starting to lose that respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and know, of course, and, it's, you know, notably, it's his it's his father that he thinks oh, of. of course, it's the Baggins the most, ancestor that he thinks of. Exactly, the um, most comfortable. You know, yeah, it's the Baggins. <laughs> yeah, it's the Baggins side that 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 he knows is ashamed would exactly. be ashamed of him. What his father in law would have thought of him, probably pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, might might have actually, yeah, yeah. Um, his only comfort, and I love you mean, this. You it's mean his, uh, his grandfather, his, his, his grandfather in law. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But that his comfort. You know, we talk about comfort, comfortable, uncomfortable. Here he finds a little comfort, but it's in the fact that he couldn't be, he mistaken, be mistaken for a dwarf. For a dwarf. I so think, I think that's a big line too. I think he's it is. He's, he's he's his only comfort now is his identity. His identity is a yes. Hobbit. He may that's not have exactly his Hobbit right. life anymore, but at least he's still a Hobbit. He still looks like a yes. Hobbit. And even though we'll see that he struggles with wanting to be a part and not being a part of the dwarves, mm-hmm. there is this appreciation of his Hobbit nature. Yes, um, exactly. And it is a comfort for him. It's the one thing he can hold on to because now he knows all of his friends, all of his family, anybody who knows him, they've lost their respect for him because he's gone off on an adventure. Yeah. So he knows and he doesn't have the dwarves' respect either. He's stuck in this very he's uncomfortable alone. middle. He, he really is alone. He really yeah. is. He is totally yeah. alone at this point. And, and we'll see this a few times uh, starting uh, maybe later in this chapter, definitely in the next chapter, you know, mm-hmm. we'll start to see him start to think of home and remember home. And, uh, oh, it'll and be in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I thought it would be. Yeah. I, yeah. I did read this recently, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do, folks, we do try to actually read we, a chapter before right, we sit yeah. down. Uh, yeah. sometime in the previous week or two. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but <laughs> makes it sound like we don't prepare. Uh, I don't know. Do we want people to know we actually have to spend hours upon hours like outlining and discussing and, and oh, I, preparing? Or do we want people to think we're just so brilliant we can wing it? Oh, I think our, <laughs> I think our preparation shows. I hope so. I think so. Yeah, we're not we're not that brilliant. We, yeah. can't, we can't do this. Off no, the top of no, our, we could we could not possibly. Heads. But um, but yeah, no, I, I think we'll when we see him thinking back to, you know, these comforts of home, it is really mm-hmm. he's just kind of clinging to what's left of the Hobbit. You know, exactly. within him. You know, he's just holding on to that last little bit of his Hobbit identity. Yeah. And he gets a little bit of more of that in the next paragraph. We're not going to read it. But Gandalf comes along and, and saves him a little bit by bringing him some pocket I know. handkerchiefs. I, I like that. Pipe yeah. and tobacco. And he's very happy at that point. Mm-hmm. They're telling stories and singing songs. And, you know, they didn't get quite as much food as he liked, but it wasn't so bad. But that was because look at what where they were. They were passing through Hobbit lands, mm-hmm. which is described as a wide, respectable country. Wide, respectable country. country. Inhabited by decent folks. Yeah. So, you know, this is still homey for yeah. him. It's comfortable for him. It's familiar to him. Th- this is the adventure he wanted. He wanted to see exactly. places. He wanted to see the countryside. Just yeah. go for a, go for a long walk, <laughs> basically. Right. And hear stories and songs mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that. I mean, how yeah. much fun is this? This is not a big, this is a road trip. No this peril. totally cool. He wanted no peril. Yeah, yeah. But immediately, even before they get into peril, when they get into a place that's different. What do we find? That it's where people spoke strangely. Yeah. They sang songs that he'd never heard and they'd gone on far into these other lands where there really were nothing. There was just these dreary hills. There were mm-hmm. old castles. At this point, you can imagine they're probably going by Amonsul. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely, you yeah. know, the that's what I'm thinking of when I think mm-hmm. about the hill with the old castles, the old castles evil look. with an evil look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, oh, you know, I, I had it written down somewhere. Um, 
Did you? All the places that they're passing by, yeah. Yeah, Weather Hills. They're going by the Weather Hills and then... Yep, um, yep. So yeah. at the end of the Weather Hills is Amonsul. Oh, and I think they top. actually went by Rudauer. One of the... Uh, oh, yeah, one yeah. Of the one three, of the old uh, kingdoms. One of the three kingdoms that was left after Arnor fell. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's what I have in my notes. Well, and so. then Bilbo starts grumbling at that point, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. What does he have to say? Yep. To think it will soon be June, grumbled Bilbo, as he splashed along behind the others in a very muddy track. It was after tea time. It was pouring with rain and had been all day. His hood was dripping into his eyes. His cloak was full of water. The pony was tired and stumbled on stones. The others were too grumpy to talk. And I'm sure the rain has got into the dry clothes and into the food bags, thought Bilbo. Bother burgling and everything to do with it. I wish I was at home in my nice (laughs) hole by the fire, with the kettle just beginning to sing. Mm. It was not the last time that he wished that. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Not even close to the last. I love how we get the reference to what time of day it is. Mm. It's not early afternoon. It's not, you know, mid-afternoon. It's after tea time. It's a reference to food. After tea time, yep. It's Uh, it's a reference to what he's going without, this this, this comfort, this homey comfort he's going without. The, 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 The hobbit culture. Yeah. Yep. Um, and of course, I mean, this is mi- truly miserable conditions. Let's be let's be honest. Oh, certainly. Um, I mean, even the dwarves were the others were too grumpy to talk, in- including Grumpy, who I understand was with them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, since it was raining, I imagine Sneezy was there too. Probably. Yeah. Too bad Doc wasn't no, around. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is a truly miserable place. Yeah. Um, Pouring rain, and of course, you know his negative thoughts just keep on going. You know the the rain's gotten into our dry clothes yeah. and our food. Yeah, and he's just starting out. I mean, it's, I know that's it's so early. That's on the, road. the incredible thing. He's he's kind of he, he's getting disheartened already. Uh, if he has no idea <laughs> just really, how, how rough this road is going to get, this is just bad weather. Wait till it gets worse, right. Right. Um, and and worse will it worse it certainly will get. Um, we they find out shortly thereafter that that Gandalf is gone. <laughs> Uh, which is Typical. odd because he didn't like say, "Excuse me, guys, I got to take off." You know, Typical <laughs> wizard just, just disappearing when you need. Yeah, I know, such a pain. Uh, and then they can't light a fire. Apparently, the dwarves aren't very competent. Um, it seems they're not really even that prepared. I mean, we'll see later in a little bit that when Thorin most needs a weapon, he has to grab a nearby yeah. stick. I don't know <laughs> what, what were they thinking they were going to be able to just go to the Lonely Mountain unarmed. That that's the question that runs throughout this entire book. Is they you know they set out on this yeah. quest with no idea of how they're actually gonna. They're not any more they're, ready they're, than Bilbo no, they're not. So they really are not. They're not ready to fight a dragon. They're they're no. not ready to win the treasure. They're ready to get the treasure back, but they're not ready to win it. Yeah, they're ready for Bilbo they're to steal Bil- it back. Bilbo to steal it back, and that's it. obviously that's a question that he asked them. Like, what was I gonna do? Take it out, you know? <laughs> take it out yeah, in trips, one Hobbit load you know? at a time. That's going to take a little while. This is really revelatory in terms of really is their their lack of preparedness. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. We you know we observed this with the beginning of chapter one that you know Keeley and Feely were the only ones who brought any kind of tools or anything, and and maybe that was because they were tasked with that, or maybe it's because they were the only ones who actually really had that much foresight. It could be. Yeah, either way. I mean, either way, they're. They're the only ones who seem to have any preparation. Everybody else is busy carrying their musical instruments, right, but not their right, exactly. weapons of war, apparently. Uh, but then it gets I, even worse. I do right? like, you know, I do like the observation that dwarves can make a fire almost anywhere out of almost anything. Isn't that interesting? Wind or no wind? Yeah. But even the two that were best at it, Owen and Glowen, couldn't get couldn't it done. Do it. I just think that's an interesting little um, 
interesting little detail about it is dwarves just because you know they're they're made by Owlay to be you know master smiths so they should yeah. be good at getting a fire going because it's something that's, that's a very good point you know, really key to who they are yeah i just think that's kind of cool i wonder how you'd represent that in um in D&D, maybe all dwarves have the ability to you know create a fire you know, if like, with minimal kindling like without or something. A, without like, a tinderbox or something like that. Right, without yeah. A, yeah, they don't have the tinderbox yeah. to make a fire or something. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is they can see in caves, right? They get that night vision. Yeah, that, the, uh, uh, the infravision. Infravision, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. <laughs> we do. Um, anyway, So then the it pony. does get worse. It really, it really does. The pony gets into the water, and this is bad. I mean, they're obviously able to save the pony, which is, is nice, except that all the bags that were on this pony were gone. And it was almost yeah. all the food. Yeah. So there was just almost nothing left for supper and even less for breakfast. Less for breakfast. Which, of course, for Bilbo is just a disaster. Yeah. Uh, and now we even get that he sadly reflects that adventures are not all pony rides in May sunshine. Yeah. This this um, is what this is the first kind of thing that kind of <laughs> bursts his bubble, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Like, oh, it there really there is. are some harsh realities at work here. Yeah, and of course he thinks they're so much further along than they are, as we'll right. find out later. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But, yeah. They do spot a light, and uh, you know this is we're going to get very soon to the trolls. But before we do, we get to this stuff about, and we're not going to read all of this. That's why, uh, I don't know. We just don't want to take two hours to do the episode. But um, he decides they they decide for him that he's going to go mm-hmm. and and look at the light and investigate the light. Mm-hmm. Now, this is done on the theory that anything <laughs> is better than Little Supper. I'm not sure that they're going to continue to think that in a I little while. I think this is the last time that any of them is going to have that thought. That <laughs> Probably. That anything nothing is worse better. than yeah. anything is better nothing, than Little yeah. Supper. Right, exactly. Really? The worst I'm thing I should sure. possibly imagine is Little Supper. Oh, wait, actually being eaten by a troll? Okay, no. <laughs> right up there. Yeah, you know, that would be above that. Imprisoned by elves, by attacked by <laughs> goblins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are plenty of things. Being chased up trees by wolves. Yeah. Being chased, chased up trees by wolves. Yeah. Lots and lots of things that are a lot worse than just Little Supper. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So they're going to want to rethink that. Um, <laughs> they soon will. <laughs> I do love that they, they recognize, well, hmm, is any, who's going to go do this? Oh, wait a minute. That's right. We've got a burglar. Oh, we have a burglar. You can hear Sean B now. They have a burglar. They have a burglar. <laughs> so it's a cave burglar. <laughs> of course it is. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I, I love how the narrator has to draw the attention to who it is. Now it is the burglar's turn, they said, meaning Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> In case we've forgotten. In case we, the reader, yeah, have forgotten. The one the, to, yeah. And of course we've forgotten. Because and he's not because Bilbo is not at all a burglar. No, but he's what I love about this grocer. is, you know, what you can see, you can actually see the camera cut to Bilbo. You know, yeah. Now yeah, it yeah. is the burglar's turn, and you can imagine them cutting to Bilbo with this just a double completely take. confused, like, like who, what, like they don't mean me, do they? <laughs> <laughs> you can see that with this narration. You I really it. can. Brilliant. You really can't. And he's given a task, and it's a very specific task. And I think this is important to discuss before we get to what happens next. Uh, specific doesn't even begin to cover some very of Very specific. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hooting is a little silly. But you must go and find out about the light, all about it, what it's for, and if all is perfectly safe and canny. Yeah. He's not supposed to do anything more than that. This is only... This is, 
you're not supposed to pick any you pockets. You had one job, you Bilbo. Had one, you had one job. <laughs> I've got one job on this ship. <laughs> it's stupid, it's but I'm going to do it. It's a stupid job, but I'm going to do it. Um, you'd think that, you know, he would remember that. I mean, <laughs> but th- coming up, we're going to see a, well, a very big Tukish moment. So, yes, yes, we are. And, 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 and the narrator kind of backs him up a little bit on it, which well, that, I love, which we'll, which we'll get to. When yeah, we, get we will. We will. I mean, you know, we see that he has this, this pride in his ability to be stealthy. Uh, mm-hmm. This is very hobbity. This is the hobbit nature, right? There, we, we saw this at the very beginning when the narrator says, what is a hobbit? I guess that's you know something we need to explain these days. Mm-hmm. And one of them is that they can, they can they can be very quiet. They can right. uh, you know not be noticed if they don't want to be, uh, and very very quiet. So yeah, yeah. And it's something they take pride in. You of know? course, of course. So he may not know how to hoot like an owl, but he does have confidence. Well, in come his on, skills. who does? I, I don't. mean. Hoot twice like a barn owl and once, once like, like a, a screech, screech owl. <laughs> and we'll do what we can. Yeah, yeah. It's not you like jump through all these hoops and maybe we'll help. And, and maybe we'll show up. Maybe we won't. Man. <laughs> maybe we'll just start arranging your funeral expenses. All- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, already. Already they're asking so much of him. They are. They are. But yeah, you're right. Maybe they'll just pass the hat, you know. <laughs> oh, Bilbo's <laughs> dad passed the hat. Um very, very interesting stuff. But we do get that this stuff from the narrator about how we wouldn't have even noticed it at all. Um, mm-hmm. Bilbo, even a weasel, wouldn't have stirred a whisker at Bilbo walking mm. by. He's that stealthy. So this yeah. is a very Tukish moment, you know, that he does what he's about to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, although I have to say that only a Baggins would walk primly towards the red light. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I didn't even notice that primly. That is hilarious. Always, you know, always this 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 push and pull between the the Tuke and the Baggins sides. But indeed, anyway. Oh man! Well, now gets uh, one of the fun parts of my job, um, mm, and that is going to be reading read some I'm of this. Forward to this. Yeah, this is going to be a little fun. We're going to meet. I'm just going to sit back and just take this in from now on, from for the next couple minutes here. It's it's really just a short passage, remember? Because we we've got a, a bit for you too. But so he gets up to the fire, and this is what he saw. Three very large persons sitting round a very large fire of beech logs. They were toasting mutton on long spits of wood and licking the gravy off their fingers. There was a fine, toothsome smell. Also, there was a barrel of good drink at hand, and they were drinking out of jugs. But they were trolls. Obviously trolls. Even Bilbo, in spite of his sheltered life, could see that. From the great heavy faces of them, and their size, and the shape of their legs— not to mention their language, which was not drawing-room fashion at all, at all. Mutton yesterday, mutton today, and blimey if it don't look like mutton again tomorrow, said one of the trolls. Never a blinking bit of man flesh have we had for long enough, said a second. What the hell William was I thinking of to bring us into these parts, it all beats me. And the drink running short what's more, he said, jogging the elbow of William, who was taking a pull at his jug. William choked. Shut your mouth, he said as soon as he could. You can't expect folk to stop here forever just to be at by you and Bert. You've a village and a half between you since we come down from the mountains. How much more do you want? Time's been up our way when you'd have said, Thank you, Bill, for a nice fat valley mutton like what this is. He took a big bite off a sheep's leg he was roasting and wiped his lips on his sleeve. Yes, I am afraid trolls do behave like that, 
even those with only one head each. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> oh, those guys cracked Nicely me up, done. man. Nicely done. The Alan Sisto Tolkien. troll voices finally come out on the Prancing Pony <laughs> podcast. You have no idea how long I've been waiting for that. Oh, well, I'm glad that I could live up to it a little bit. That's very good. It's a lot of fun. There's such a hoot. It, it, it is uh, so much I, fun. I, 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 I've even had fun with these voices reading it to my kids. And yeah, you, you really get yeah. to inhabit these characters and it's so much fun. You do. They're so fun to yeah. do. And, you know, it, I, and the narrators, it's, it's part the of the narrator's accessibility of them is so great, you know. Isn't it brilliant? Yeah. I love it. The, the, the two lines in particular, of course, the not drawing room fashion at, at all, all at all. all. Yep. And then that line at the end, you're wondering when he says, I'm afraid trolls do behave like that. <laughs> yeah. Is he talking about the fact that they've eaten a village and a half? Or is he merely talking the about fact the that fact they wipe that he wiped their, his their, lips, wiped on their his lips on sleeve. their sleeve? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's not the fact that he's, you know, slaughtering an entire right. village to yeah. satisfy his hunger. Right. It's, the, he it's has not bad the eating, it's manners. the bad table manners. <laughs> and the and the poor oh, addiction. It's it. great. It's wonderful. Oh, I know. Absolutely. The the kind of the uneducated voices, mm-hmm. the um and the and the poor language. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't think in all of the, the legendarium, this might be as close as we get to swearing, is that one of the trolls says, What the L William was it thinking of? I think that's probably as I close think it, as we I get. think it is. Maybe um um, yeah, I think it might be. We'll have to see. I don't remember. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Maybe Orcs in the Lord of the Rings, Rings, but maybe. Yeah, it would certainly be an orc if it yeah. was. But so it is. Funny. It is funny. You know, I, I have to say, Corey Olson um, had an observation that I wish I would have made, uh, <laughs> because he <laughs> writes them so brilliantly. He Just says that these trolls, they may be funny, but they are no joke. Mm. And he's right. These should be absolutely terrifying. terrifying. And yeah. yet here we are just guffawing. Just laughing about the, the, how silly they are. They do seem silly. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely awesome stuff. Um, but what I, happens? Well, I, I love... Oh, you've got more to say. Well, yeah. I, I do. But before I get into that, I just want to say I, I love the fact that, you know, we see that Bilbo recognizes that they're trolls even bilbo in spite of his sheltered yeah, life in spite of his sheltered trolls. life isn't that something yeah it's 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 just a neat uh, it's a neat point to bring up that you know these may be yeah. new to us but you know bilbo bilbo there must be some cultural him. awareness right, right? Exactly. i mean that's the thing he he may not know precisely what a dragon is because they're legendary in these parts right but he knows what a troll is right. at least enough to recognize exactly one. yeah and maybe it's just the bad table manners that tips him off. But <laughs> well, yeah. Not to mention their language, yes. which is not drawing yeah. room fashion at, at all. all. At, at all. all. But that that little ad- that addendum, that second at all. Oh, that's brilliant. That's yes, that's the icing, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's such a, a, it's, a you, touch. It's, it's such a, a tut tut. Like he's shaking his head, like it's not at yes, all. Yes, tisk tisk. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just oh for shame yeah right <laughs> you know great it's great um, it's it's another one of really those things that you know stuff. a narrator you know would would do in telling the story to children you know yeah, exactly using it That's to teach a is. lesson like these trolls speak like this but you should not speak like this yeah you should and, not and, do and this. please don't do eat a village and a half between you and your friend <laughs> <laughs> but if you do don't wipe your lips on your sleeve <laughs> it's okay to eat the village just make sure you use yeah. a napkin yeah, it takes a village to yeah. satisfy Bert. <laughs> oh man! I, I Remember to keep your that. Hobbit fork on the outside and your dwarf fork on the inside. <laughs> on the inside, that's right. Oh goodness! Anyway. Well, so Bilbo, even though he's just seen these three trolls uh, talking about eating a village and a half, 
what does he do? All right. What should he have done? I suppose. What should he have done? And this is this is what I love. After hearing all this, Bilbo ought to have done something at once. Either he should have gone back quietly and warned his friends that there were three fair-sized trolls at hand in a nasty mood, quite likely to try roasted dwarf or even pony for a change, or else he should have done a bit of good, quick burgling. A really first-class and legendary burglar would, at this point, have picked the trolls' pockets. It is nearly always worthwhile if you could manage it. Pinched the very mutton off the spits, purloined the beer, and walked off without their noticing him. Others more practical, but with less professional pride, would perhaps have stuck a dagger into each of them before they observed it. Then the night could have been spent cheerily. Bilbo knew it. He had read of a good many things he had never seen or done. He was very much alarmed as well as disgusted. He wished himself a hundred miles away, mm. and yet, and yet somehow he could not go straight back to Thorin and company empty-handed. So he stood and hesitated in the shadows. Of the various burglarious proceedings he had heard of, picking the troll's pockets seemed the least difficult. So at last he crept behind a tree, just behind William. Oh man, I just <laughs> there's so much there. Now is when you're you like your 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 stomach is just like oh don't do it don't do it no don't do it don't yeah this is this is the moment like in the horror movie when you're like don't walk down that hallway don't go no, in don't there do it. don't don't don't, don't, don't pick don't. the pocket don't pick the pocket. I love this but is one of those things you only catch this when you read it out loud. Of the various burglarious proceedings. Various burglarious. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that just brilliant? I know. I know. absolutely love that. Um, burglarious is such a great word. And to, and to pair it with and various. And to rhyme it, various rhyme burglarious. Rhyme various burglarious. Yep. I, that should be the name of a band, the various burglarious proceedings. Ooh. <laughs> if anybody out there is listening to this and decides to name their band the various burglarious proceedings. Yeah. Please send may, us a copy of your first. Please do. Hit record. Um. um yeah, it's, My it's goodness. definitely a just a very, very bad idea. But It's a very bad. This is like <laughs> ranking right up there with the worst ideas you yeah. can come up with. But, yeah. you know, this but it's is a another remind, time where two What I love is out. I love that the narrator reminds us that a really good burglar would have done something like this. Right. And it reminds right. us how not much Bilbo, Bilbo is not one. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you're oh, right when you man. said that this is a very Tookish moment. You know, he could have he could have bagginsed out and, uh, and gone have back. Have you noticed... It's, you know, when, when, when the Took side really came out strongly in the last chapter, it was when uh, one of the others, and I don't recall now at the moment who it was, I want to say it was Glowin. Who called him a grocer. Yeah, was saying basically he's more Glowin. like a grocer than a burglar. Mm-hmm. And Bilbo was like, well, I am fired up now. Right. And, and we talked about, I think I, I drew the analogy with Marty McFly and somebody calling him chicken. You know, yeah, like that's yeah. the, the dare. That's what gets him fired up. Yeah. And yeah. here it's his own little, you know, like internal voice that is saying, you know, maybe calling him a chicken. But the whole idea is he now knows, uh, you know, somehow he could not go straight back to Thorne and Company yeah. empty-handed. This is like stupid you're, pride. <laughs> you're supposed to be a burglar. Do something burglary. Do something burglary. Yeah. Bur- burglarious. Burglarious. But but don't do exactly what Thorne told you, which is just go find out about right. it and come back and tell us if it's safe. Which he's done, now by the way. He's already go, found out what's going on. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got the intel. On. He, sneak. he, could just, he just yeah. needs to go back, yeah. All he needs to do is go back to Thorne and say, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is not safe. And by the way, I can now think of a few things that are worse than Little Supper. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and, and there are three of them right in that, in yeah. the, in that yeah. wood. Um, yeah. I mean, this is just. <laughs> but he didn't. Uh, no, he didn't. he didn't. And I, I love the different things that the burglars might have done. Uh, sticking a dagger to each of them. Yeah. That's, that's very, um, 
Well, practical. <laughs> more practical, like but with less professional pride. Because <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. arguably becoming more of an assassin than a burglar. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's using those, you know, thief skills. You know, right. Hide oh, in shadows sure. and backstab sure, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, double damage and all that. Yeah. Um, but I can't even imagine how skillful you'd have to be to pinch the mutton off the spits and purloin the beer. To purloin the beer, which has got to be in a cask. Yeah, you know, <laughs> probably twice as large <laughs> to, as Bilbo. To walk away with a with a, a, a cask of beer big enough for three trolls. Seriously, I mean, the jugs they're drinking from are probably as big as Bilbo. Right, right. <laughs> oh man, what a segment that so is! Funny. And and you know, it's so easy in the midst of this awesome dialogue to kind of miss some of the really big things that are there. Um, but that's a, a very important little bit. That, you know, he should have gone back. That is his job. Mm-hmm. But his pride tells him he can't go back empty-handed. So once again, yeah. pride. Oh, man. Man, always a killer. Always a, yep. always a bad motivation in Tolkien's world. Exactly. But now the trolls get to meet Bilbo. Although, you know, we know we know how this all ends up. And Bilbo has mm-hmm. the luck to, to get through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, luck. Luck trumps, in this case, the bad decision. Yep. Then Bilbo plucked up courage and put his little hand in William's enormous pocket. There was a purse in it, as big as a bag to Bilbo. Ha, thought he, warming to his new work as he lifted it carefully out. This is a beginning. It was. Trolls' purses are the mischief, and this was no exception. Yeah, it was you, it squeaked as it left the pocket. And William turned around at once and grabbed Bilbo by the neck before he could duck behind the tree. Blimey, Bert, look what I've caught, said William. What is it? said the others, coming up. Lummy if I knows. What are you? Bilbo Baggins, a, a, bur- a hobbit, said poor Bilbo, shaking all over and wondering how to make owl noises before they throttled him. <laughs> a bear a hobbit, said they, a bit startled. Trolls are slow in the uptake and mighty suspicious about anything new to them. What's a bear a hobbit got to do with my pocket anyways? said William. And can you cook em? said Tom. You can try, said Bert, picking up a skewer. He wouldn't make above a mouthful, said William, who had already had a fine supper. Not when he was skinned and boned. Perhaps there are more like him round about, and we might make a pie, said Bert. Here you. Are there any more of your sort of sneaking in these here woods, you nasty little rabbit? said he, looking at the hobbit's furry feet, and he picked him up by the toes and shook him. Yes, lots, said Bilbo, before he remembered not to give his friends away. No, none at all, not one, he said immediately afterwards. What do you mean, said Bert, holding him right way up, by the hair this time. What I say, said Bilbo, gasping. And please, don't cook me, kind sirs. I I am a good cook myself, and cook better than I cook, if you see what I mean. I'll cook beautifully for you, a a perfectly beautiful breakfast for you, if only you won't have me for supper. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, that last little line is brilliant. Even in the midst of uh, absolutely life-threatening moment, Bilbo is ready to pull off a little pun. Yeah, the wordplay of, I I cook better than I cook, yeah. 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 (laughs) If you just won't have me for supper. Great great. stuff. Um, Let's get a little thing out of the way. Uh, You know, we had a discussion about animate objects back when we talked about Gorthang in our epic Turin trilogy. That's right. Um, And we mentioned this as one other example. You know, we talked about Gorthang and the fact that Turin had, you know, uh, asked him, you know, slay me swiftly. Right. Uh, And Gorthang Gorthang responded responded 
Things like, you know, I'll, I'll drink thy blood quickly so that I right. f- may forget, forget the blood, the blood of, my of my master, master Beleg, yep. and, of, uh, and of what's his name, slain unjustly, Brandir. So Gurthang, uh, yep, you know, right. responded with a knowledge of facts and a, and a true sentience. Um, and we right. talked about this object as being another maybe possibly sentient Possible object. example of a sentient object. Yeah, yeah. but I think we, we reached the same conclusion then, and we'll discuss that real briefly here, is that this is just more like some sort of an enchanted purse. I mean, this is... Um, I guess to put it in modern terms, a, a car alarm that's keyed to William's thumbprint. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, anybody who grabs it that's not him is going to trigger the alarm. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and... and it, go ahead, we, I'm so we, sorry. We, 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 truly, we truly do not know, yeah. No, I mean, we don't. But it doesn't, there's no reason to believe that it's got any actual sentience like Gorthang, no. for sure. No, I mean, if it, um, if it went on to say, oh, are you a hobbit I still from the Shire? To... <laughs> right, right, you know? right. I still wonder who made it. I mean, can, you know, can a troll know, get this trolls. kind of technology? It, yeah, maybe, technology, I don't know. Maybe it did come from, maybe Maybe it also, along with the swords that they'll find later, maybe it also came out of Gondolin. And yet the voice doesn't, I mean, it's ear, who Yeah, but, you? you know, after thousands it's, of years, it's probably forgotten true. how to speak Elvish. And it's, that's true. You know, it's I mean, it's, been, it's, it's very trollish so in terms of language. <laughs> it's, it's very trollish. I, yeah, I can actually it's imagine really, it. It's been, this person's been hanging out with trolls so long that it now speaks trollish. It speaks troll. <laughs> That's good stuff. So just kind of wanted to, to move along from that real quickly before we dug into the, um, you know, kind of the meat of that, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> that might be a very bad choice of words. <laughs> the meat. Um, oh, I get it. You know, we, we do get a burrito hobbit. <laughs> we get the burra hobbit line, yeah. um, which is brilliant. I love that. The, uh, the, uh, the not quite spilling out that he's a burglar. Um, right. Too bad he'd forgotten about not selling out his friends a lot. Not selling out his friends. Oh, yeah, there's tons of us. Well, I mean, no one, he, none at all. <laughs> he's he's probably thinking, you know, you know, oh, there's there's others out there. Don't hurt me. Right, right. But, they might hurt you. They might be able to come and rescue me. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's what he was thinking. But Except that Bert kind of made it clear what they were looking for when they wanted more. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's looking for <laughs> a pie. Maybe we yeah. can make yeah. a pie. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. Certainly an understandable kind of fight or flight response. Like, oh, oh I've yeah, got yeah. friends. I've got big no, friends. No, I'm sorry. Nobody. Yeah, no. None. Yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant grammatical wordplay, though, with that. I'll cook beautifully for you. I cook you... better than I cook. Yeah, I know. Yes, that's great. That's, that's wonderful. That. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, we get a little bit more of the trolls. Um, they get into a fight because that's what trolls do. Mm-hmm. And we even find out that William has a last name. It's it's Huggins. Huggins. He's the only one who has a last name, isn't he? Huggins. That we know of. Oh, Bill Huggins. Man. Bill Huggins. Not there's Bill Stickers. Some, there's probably yeah. No. <laughs> I bet that's why. That's probably why you pulled that fun fact, isn't it? And Major Road Ahead. Well, actually, yeah. no. I I wish I could say that that was exactly why I did, but <laughs> it, it works. It does work. It does. The Bill thing absolutely works. Uh, there's probably some real life guy named Bill Huggins that you know Tolkien didn't like. Could be. <laughs> some like sixth grade bully or something. Could be. <laughs> Gave yeah. him the name of a troll. Uh, but you know they do get into a, a big old nasty fight, which is a perfect time for Bilbo to sneak off. So what what happens? Oh, it, it would <laughs> because have been, if yes. that's the, absolutely yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would have been the time for Bilbo to have left, but his poor little feet had been very squashed in Bert's big paw, and he had no breath in his body and his head was going round. So there he lay for a while panting, just outside the circle of firelight. Right in the middle of the fight, up came Balin. The dwarfs had heard noises from a distance, and after waiting for some time for Bilbo to come back, or to hoot like an owl, 
They started off one by one to creep towards the light as quietly as they could. No sooner did Tom see Balin come into the light than he gave an awful howl. Trolls simply detest the very sight of dwarves, uncooked. <laughs> Bert and Sorry, Bill stopped that's, brilliant. that's great, I love it. Bert and Bill stopped fighting immediately, and A sack, Tom, quick, they said. Before Balin, who was wondering where in all this commotion Bilbo was, knew what was happening, a sack was over his head, and he was down. There's more to come yet, said Tom, or I'm mighty mistook. Lots and none at all it is, said he. No burrow hobbits, but lots of these here dwarves. That's about the shape of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Um, what? A, so, so Balin's just wandering up to the light. He doesn't have a sword ready or, you know, a, even a bow and arrow or anything. He's just wandering along. Yeah. I mean, I love Balin. I love that he's the first one to come. I think yeah. that uh, kind of speaks think, to what you mentioned uh, earlier about yeah, Balin's definitely. trust yeah. or kind of faith in Bilbo. Um, but yeah, look out. Trolls, you know, they, they might not know what a, what a hobbit is let alone a burrow hobbit, but they sure know what dwarves are. But they know what a dwarf is, and they do not like to see them raw. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> raw and unbutchered. <laughs> raw and wriggling. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. they that is, one of the, that is one of my favorite parentheticals in this whole thing. I know, uncooked. They detest the very sight of dwarves. Uncooked. Of course. You know, otherwise they're perfectly fine yeah. seeing them, you know, sauteed on, on a plate. Delicious. Please. <laughs> More. More dwarves, please. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's like... Like a you know sizzler all you can eat dwarves thing for trolls. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Terrible quality, you know. Just uh, <laughs> but you know, and all you can just eat. pure, just pure, just pure bulk, right? You know, exactly. Just, just, just quantity it's, over quality. It's not even USDA choice. This is like you know we're talking no, is, you know select or yeah, something. Yeah, this is like grade, like barely fit for grade. human consumption stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> barely fit for troll consumption, which is saying something. Filled with parasites, apparently. If we uh, yeah yeah <laughs> believe Peter Jackson. The, the crunchy bits. The crunchy bits. Okay, so um, my goodness, this is this is getting great stuff. Uh, so they the all the dwarves get captured, um, mm-hmm. and let's see, they're you know, and as you said again, they don't have any weapons. No, they don't have any weapons. One at a time, they come, and they're and then Thorin and had to grab a stick. Thorin grabs a stick. He finally figures out there's a problem, um, and Bilbo even tells him what the problem is. It's trolls. But by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was it was too late. So Thorin comes out and he's uh, you know he's fighting. He gets some damage in, which was awesome. But you know, he does. Yeah, it it, it was not going to last. <laughs> One on three. A, I, I love that. I love that moment. It's a. I do. It, it reminds me a little bit. It's a little bit of a Greek mythology moment. Yeah. You know, the uh, you're right. Uh, Odysseus stabbing the Cyclops in the yeah. eye with a flaming stick. Wow, I had not caught that. That's brilliant. There's, there's a little bit of that there. I love your the fact that you can remember most of your classical stuff. See, I can't. Uh, <laughs> Until somebody well, reminds me of it, but that was well done. Spent uh, spent many years reading those uh, reading those works in well, college. Those are good but, years. Those are yeah. good years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I I admire Thorin. You know, he's he's here not so much to rescue Bilbo now at this point as he is to rescue his friends. Um, right. But you know, they do get into he does get into the problem is three on one when the three are trolls, you're going to lose that battle eventually. You're going to lose he that. Does. Yeah. Uh, so they're now all in even bags. armed with a burning stick. Yeah, a burning stick. A sword might have been better. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think if you'd gotten his eye with the end of your sword instead of the end of a pokey stick with fire, it would have been even more That would have damaging. done more damage. Much uh, more damaging. Perhaps perhaps killed him. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Certainly probably put him out of the fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're now all tied up in bags, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the trolls have this wonderful conversation. 
uh, about, about this. how they should do it. And of course, you know, we love this line because it goes all the way back to uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, the film, when the movie, uh, yeah, Bilbo's right. telling the kids about mm-hmm. his adventure, telling the story to the little, to, to the adorable little Hobbit children, uh, to yeah. the adorable little Jackson kids. They're, they're actually Jackson Walsh. <laughs> Two kids, of them yeah. were the Jackson Walsh kids, mm-hmm. and talking about whether they should roast them slowly or mince them fine mm-hmm. and boil them or just sit on them one by one and squash them into jelly and. What yeah. a line. And how he delivers that is, is brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I love this because here we learn it was just then that Gandalf came back, but no one saw him. The trolls had just decided to roast the dwarves now and eat them later. That was Bert's idea. And after a lot of argument, they had all agreed to it. No good roasting them now. It'd take all night, said a voice. Bert thought it was Williams. Don't start the argument all over again, Bill he said, or it will take all night. Who's arguing, said William, who thought it was Bert that had spoken. You are, said Bert. (laughs) You're a liar, said William. And so the argument began all over again. In the end, they decided to mince them fine and boil them. So they got a great black pot and they took out their knives. No good boiling them. We ain't got no water and it's a long way to the well and all, said a voice. Bert and William thought it was Tom's. Shut up, said they, or we'll never have done. And you can fetch the water yourself if you say any more. Shut up yourself, said Tom, who thought it was William's voice. Who's arguing but you, I'd like to know. You're a booby, said William. (laughs) I swore to myself I would say that with a straight face and not laugh, and I didn't. Let me try that again, just because it's such fun to say. You're a booby, said William. Booby yourself, said Tom. And so the argument began all over again and went on hotter than ever until at last they decided to sit on the sacks one by one and squash them and boil them next time. Who shall we sit on first, said the voice. Better sit on the last fellow first, said Bert, whose eye had been damaged by Thorin. He thought Tom was talking. Don't talk to yourself, said Tom. But if you wants to sit on the last one, sit on him. Which is he? The one with the yellow stockings, said Bert. Nonsense, the one with the gray stockings, said a voice like (laughs) Williams. I made sure it was yellow, said Bert. Yellow it was, said William. Then what did you say it was gray for, said Bert. I never did, Tom said it. That I never did, said Tom. It was you. Two to one, so shut your mouth said Bert. Who are you talking to, said William. No, stop it, said Tom and Bert together. The night's getting on and dawn comes early. Let's get on with it. Dawn take you all and be stoned to you, said a voice that sounded like William's, but it wasn't. (laughs) Gandalf to the rescue. Gandalf to the rescue. I love that you don't you don't know it's him until, no. you know, until the end. I mean, you kind of do because this, you keep seeing You kind of do because he says that he's coming voice. back, but, but he never says exactly. No. He just says it, it's, it's, he thought it was William's voice. Yeah. It sounded like, you know, You're like, uh, like who's Tom's causing voice, all this like conflict? But, yeah, you know, Gandalf does a really, really amazing job of, it, he does, of using his, the troll's own stupidity and fighting mm-hmm. tendency to mm-hmm. defeat them. And his yeah. timing is perfect because every time they, 
They mm-hmm. settle every time they stop fighting. Every time they simmer down, yep, he, he finds something else. Get him, you know, a, a new way to cook them. Or and no, it it's the yellow stockings, much. not the gray stocking. No, <laughs> it doesn't take much at all. And he knows this. He just he just yeah, keeps he on just, just plays just, them like a fiddle. You know, yeah, it's brilliant uh, all the way until until the dawn comes, which is yeah. uh, exactly what we needed to do. Well, we'll get to that. You've got a, a whole sidebar on uh, on the nature of trolls, but I do, yeah. I, I love the, this this cleverness of Gandalf. This is not Gandalf mm-hmm. using his magic. This is Gandalf using his wisdom, his knowledge yes. of the trolls, of trolls nature, mm-hmm. um, both physically in the sense that the dawn is going to kill them, um, but also their nature but also their as character. Right, yeah. exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep. Um, you know, Olson points out in, in the book, and again, I these are things that I would have I caught this. I would have caught this, but no... You know, Olson had to write it in his book. Olson first. did it first. Um, you know, this is a principle that we see throughout the Silmarillion in terms of bad guys not being defeated by force, but being defeated by their own evil, by fighting and greed. Yeah. We saw it with Feanor and with his sons, with Aeol, mm-hmm. with Maeglin. And, of course, we'll see it a ton in Lord of the Rings with, with Sauron and Saruman and, and even Gollum. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're not defeated by a massive army and some superhero coming along and, and chopping her head off. I mean, mm-hmm. really, only Eowyn fits that mold, right? She she True. takes out a bad guy with force, but all right. the others are de- kind of defeated by themselves. Their greatest enemy is themselves, their own greed, Absolutely. their own wickedness, their own um, their yeah. own belligerence, their their own inability yeah. to to agree on something. When we talk about yeah. you know Tolkien's world, so much about unity and and people coming together and being better together. Um, and, you know, it's this is uh, the trolls just keep arguing you know they can't they get do. together they do it it's brilliant and i absolutely love it and that may have been the most fun i've ever had trying to read characters <laughs> oh man it was very was well done fun. and i'll tell you as 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 much fun as i had doing that i'm going to have the opposite of fun when we get to Gollum. but we'll worry about that in a few chapters well Gollum is actually going to hurt i think yeah it will physically hurt me i've, yeah. I've got to come up with something i can't just try to imi- Im- you know do an imitation do of andy circus no he's done he did it too well He's perfect. I mean, he's yeah. really he did that character so well. And if if I try to imitate, and him, if I a, recall correctly, he had some special uh, some special juice that he had mixed like up, like lemon juice and honey, sort of yeah, thing something to keep that really helped his throat keep helping keep. You'd going. have to as much as he abused it to do that role. Yeah. So, but yeah, just a brilliant moment, and I love the detail in all of this in terms of all the ways they're going to cook them. Uh, you know, all the <laughs> it's just it's just brilliant stuff. Yeah. Uh, but but now. There we find out that sure enough, the, the the birds start twittering in the branches. The light comes over the hill, and boom, they're dead. The they're trolls stone. turn to stone. And I love the narrator's comment: "For trolls, as you probably as you know, probably know, must be underground before dawn, or they they go back to the stuff of the mountains they're made of." Yeah. Speaking of the stuff of the mountains they're made of, talk to us about the nature of dwarves. You've got a, a sidebar that you really kind of dug into on this. Yeah, one, the right? nature of trolls. Yeah, it's uh. It's it's something that's worth looking into, and uh, oh yeah, definitely. Know, as you probably know, um, they do turn to stone, <laughs> and why? Yeah. You know, it's, you, you start to wonder, well, why do they turn to stone? Um, you know, the answer actually is uh, is first hinted at by uh, by Treebeard in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. There's actually a passage in oh, yeah. it's in Book Three, Chapter Four, um, when Treebeard is talking to Merry and Pippin, okay. and he says, "And I'm sorry, I'm not going to do a Treebeard voice because I haven't oh, prepared no, that's one." Okay. Um, but he says, maybe you have heard of trolls. They are mighty strong, but trolls are only counterfeits made by the enemy in the great darkness in mockery of Ents as orcs were of elves. Hmm. 
So, so Treebeard is drawing a direct analogy between yeah, trolls is. and Ents and orcs and elves. Trolls being a mockery of Ents in the way that orcs were a mockery of elves. Ooh. Um, and although, you know, we don't know the details, we've talked a bit about orcs coming from elves. We don't know the details, but we do know that they were in some sense bred from elves. Right, so it right. seems as though trolls were somehow bred from Ents. Um, how Morgoth accomplished that, I have no idea, and I don't really want to think about it. But um, <laughs> maybe that's where the ant wives went. <laughs> maybe. Um, oh wow, that's oh, a, what a that's terrible a fate thought. that yeah. would be. Yeah, that um, is actually a really gruesome thought. It it is. Um, I I don't know. I wonder if he's just drawing analogy in the sense of um, the mockery thing that trolls it were made possible. to mock ants as as orcs were made to mock elves, but that the creation was different. I get that only. I I think that only possibly because of this line in The Hobbit that. Um, that trolls must be underground before dawn, or they go back to the stuff of the, the, mountains, stuff of the mountains they are which, made of. Yeah. So they're and somehow that suggests made, that they were actually made from mountains. Like animate rock. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, and that's and that's where it really gets interesting, because Tolkien really kind of goes, he has a bunch of different um, possibilities that he brings up. And he yeah. does point out that um, in one of his letters, which I'll get to in a minute, that that's actually, tr- he's not necessarily sure that Treebeard is right when Treebeard yeah. says that. I love that. <laughs> I love that. How he could, even though he gave the words to Treebeard. I know, Treebeard, right. He could go back and say, you know, I'm not sure Treebeard was right on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. It's, I love it's, it. it's so It's so awesome. Um, taking it a little bit further, uh, there's actually a little bit more in Lord of the Rings uh, in Appendix F. Um, oh, okay. There's a passage where Tolkien says, In their beginning, far back in the twilight of the Elder Days, these, talking of trolls again, were creatures right. of dull and lumpish nature and had no more language than beasts. But Sauron had made use of them teaching them what little they could learn and increasing their wits with wickedness. Trolls, therefore, took such language as they could master from the orcs. And in the Westlands, the stone trolls, which Ah, these would be, spoke a debased form of the common speech. And obviously that's what we see here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What's interesting to me about that is, you know, that sounds a little bit like how the elves taught the Ents to speak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, they woke them up and taught them to speak. So that kind of suggests that maybe trolls were already alive. Maybe they were just... Some sort of stone creatures, creatures you know, some sort of yeah. stone beasts. And so the mockery there could be Sauron waking them up, waking up these stone creatures and sort of making hmm. them more sentient in the way that elves woke up, uh, woke up the ants. The so ants. that could be the mockery there as, as opposed to that actually breeding be. them. So, yeah, you're right. There are a couple of different options. That could be. It's um, interesting. Tolkien also, in that same appendix, I don't have to go into it, but Tolkien does say that there is potentially a difference between the really evil trolls that you see, like, fighting at the Black Gate, like the Olag uh-huh. High, you know, the ones that you see, oh, yeah, like yeah. Peter Jackson's vision, you know, they're really, the armored trolls The ones and that like burst that. through the, uh, the right. gate at Minas Tirith. the gate at Minas Tirith. Tirith. Yeah, right. those really evil ones and these stone trolls. There's, there's a right. possibility that they could have even come from different strains. He really wasn't sure. Okay, that makes sense. I think the the... The, the last word I want to say about it from, is from one of his letters, and this is what I was alluding to a moment ago. In letter 153 to Peter Hastings, uh, and this is the, the Catholic bookshop owner, so there's a lot of, um, right. a lot of really good Theological philosophical stuff, stuff in, that, yeah, uh, in that letter. Tolkien says, Treebeard does not say that the Dark Lord created trolls and orcs. He says he made them in counterfeit of certain creatures preexisting. Treebeard is a hmm. character in my story, not me. And though he has a great memory and some earthly wisdom, he is not one of the wise. And there is quite a hmm. lot he does not know or understand. <laughs> Again, you know, wow. speaking of him like he's a, you know, like right. he's a real like person. Like he exists, first of all. Limited and then, knowledge yeah, but he's not world. me. Yeah. 
Uh, going on, Tolkien said, I am not sure about trolls. I think they are mere counterfeits, and hence, though here I am, of course, only using elements of old barbarous myth-making that had no aware metaphysic, they return right. to mere stone images when not in the dark. But there are other sorts of trolls besides these rather ridiculous, if brutal, stone trolls, for which other origins are suggested. Other origins. Okay. So that's uh, interesting. Yeah. You so know, I, I, he's kind of he's kind of implying that maybe the reason these trolls turn to stone is because they're not really alive in some sense. You know, they're they're counterfeits they're like of life, almost animate. Yeah. 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 You, you know, know I wonder they're because barely more than beasts taught to speak. You know, barely more than beasts. I, I the, the reason that really speaks to me is something that I'd come up with um, after doing just a, a little bit of research was these trolls came from the Etnmores. Mm-hmm. Now. The name Ettenmoors consists of two Old English words. Mm-hmm. Well, one Old English word and one that's a modern English right. word, more, yeah. right, which is a high barren land. But Etten is derived from Old English Eoten, which is giant or troll. So I wonder maybe, you know, we talk about the stone giants in a little bit. Um, you wonder if they're related, that maybe the stone giants are somehow related to these Stone trolls. I don't know. You, you could take that, honestly, you could take that another step further and, and wonder whether uh, Aoten is related to uh, the Old English word ent, which also means giant. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Because I know that, you know, there's some similar letters there. Um, there are. That's interesting. Yeah. That yeah. they could all be that's connected. A... Well, I know when we get to the stone giants in chapter four, I think we'll want to spend some more time looking into them. We definitely will. We definitely want to. For now, though, we're gonna we're gonna talk about what happens after the three trolls become statues that mm-hmm. Frodo will see uh, in Fellowship of the Ring. Um, Gandalf comes out, uh, and everybody starts to figure out. Oh yeah, he was the one. Well, Bilbo, right. <laughs> the only one who needs to figure it out, was the one who uh, had kept them fighting until uh, until sunrise. So now they get the, the dwarves out of their bags, which really that not could not have been comfortable. No, uh, it couldn't have been the stinky troll sacks. Seriously, and and you know, worrying about when are they going to get squashed yeah, and, and just you hearing know, well, chopped yeah. up finally. They had not at all enjoyed lying the... there listening to you know how they're going to be roasted yeah. or squashed or minced. It's kind of like that Twilight Zone episode. How to serve, how to serve man? How to serve? Uh, wait, how's yeah? To serve man, right? To serve yeah. man. That's what it was. To serve man. Man, that I <laughs> still that episode trips me yeah. out every time. Yep. Uh, Twilight Zone. That's a show that you know some of you might not have ever seen. Um, Great show. If you haven't, folks, seriously, go, go Google Twilight Zone and William Shatner and watch that one for a oh, scare. Oh, uh, so was it uh, yeah, Nightmare? On the was it Nightmare at 30,000 feet? I don't – yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, my oh, goodness. Man, that may not be the exact title, but it's the – No, but that sure is the thought. There's a man oh, on the wing oh, of this man. plane. Oh, great show. Great show. Oh, I love that. I, on a plane at 35,000 feet. Yeah. I can just hear Rod Serling now yeah. smoking his cigarette yeah. as he's telling us about this scene. Yeah. <laughs> There's something you don't see on TV anymore. A man just standing there smoking a cigarette <laughs> a man just constantly. Standing there smoking a cigarette, you know. Um, Consider if you will. All right. An ordinary Consider man. Consider if you will. That's right. An ordinary troll uh, arguing with two other trolls until the sun comes up. <laughs> Find out what happens oh, when these man. trolls get a one way trip to the Twilight Zone. In the Twilight Zone. So, of course, the first thing that any of the dwarves said to I'm Bilbo, so sorry. Let's please continue. No, don't be. I love the Twilight Zone. That's such a great show. Me too. It's um, great. The first thing a dwarf says to him is basically, you idiot. 
what in the what world? Did you, we just wanted. Why did you do that? Yeah. I mean, after they hear him tell what happened. Although, to be fair, yeah, fire and food were the things you would not have gotten. Yeah, you weren't going to get as, that. As if he, but, if he had not tried to pick uh, Bill's pocket. Like, he could have just yeah, said, like hey, they were going to be able can, to get up and sneak up. And, do you hey, mind if me and 13 of my buddies us? come get down on some of this mutton? <laughs> we got to chow down on this stuff. <laughs> um, but Gandalf does remind them, hey, look, uh, there were trolls, and you, you know what that means, right? There's a cave somewhere, mm-hmm. and maybe there's some food there if we're lucky. So then tell us, you've got a fairly lengthy section here that's worth, uh, worth looking at. Yeah, I do. They followed the tracks up the hill until hidden by bushes they came on a big door of stone leading to a cave. But they could not open it, not though they all pushed while Gandalf tried various incantations. <clears throat> okay, wait a minute. i got to interrupt there. I'm sorry. It's kind of like <laughs> just like Moria again, right? Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. He, 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 what good is a wizard if you can't G- open the door? Gandalf really does not have a good track record with door opening <laughs> no, spells. It, it has to be said. Melon. Yeah. This one didn't open to that one. Yeah. No. Oh, man. Anyway. I'll break, your, I'll, I'll break it open with your head, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bilbo to the rescue this time, at least. He says. Yeah, yeah, seriously. He says, would this be any good? Asked Bilbo when they were getting tired and angry. I found it on the ground where the trolls had their fight. He held out a largish key, though no doubt William had thought it very small and secret. It must have fallen out of his pocket, very luckily, before he was turned to stone. Why on earth didn't you mention it before? they cried. Gandalf grabbed it and fitted it into the keyhole. Then the stone door swung back with one big push, and they all went inside. There were bones on the floor, and a nasty smell was in the air but there was a good deal of food jumbled carelessly on shelves and on the ground, among an untidy litter of plunder, of all sorts, from brass buttons to pots full of gold coins standing in a corner. There were lots of clothes, too, hanging on the walls, too small for trolls, I am afraid they belonged to victims, and among them were several swords of various makes, shapes, and sizes. Two caught their eyes particularly, because of their beautiful scabbards and jeweled hilts. Gandalf and Thorin each took one of these, and Bilbo took a knife in a leather sheath. It would have made only a tiny pocket knife for a troll, but it was as good as a short sword for the hobbit. These look like good blades, said the wizard, half drawing them and looking at them curiously. They were not made by any troll, nor by any smith among men in these parts of days. But when we can read the runes on them, we shall know more about them. Okay. Well, that's a, first of all, except for the pots of gold, that reminded me very much of my dorm room as a freshman in college. Uh, <laughs> bones on the floor. Just about. I hope the they nasty were chicken bones the, or something. Yeah, yeah. And the nasty a smell nasty in the smell air. The air. Yeah, that's par for the course. The, the good deal the of food, food jumbled yeah. carelessly on the shelves. Tiny Lots of clothes plunder. hanging yeah. on the walls. No swords either, actually. But uh, really, <laughs> that was pretty close. Man, that's funny. Um, you know... There's so much here, oh, uh, more than lot. you might think. Uh, but I think the biggest, biggest moment that really speaks to the, the kind of the big themes of the book is that it must have fallen out of his pocket very, very luckily, luckily yep. before he was turned to stone. Yeah, Realize how important, how absolutely unlikely and yet essential this moment mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. The fact that he has that key. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, think about the consequences if they never find Glamdring or Kristen Sting. Right. This is huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. Um, Bilbo's really luck, yeah. because Bilbo's the one who found it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because we have to believe that if you know if the if the trolls had turned to stone and the key had not fallen in it, you know out of oh. his pocket. Oh yeah, because the, their clothes the, turned the to stone. The just purse. Part, yeah, exactly. The key would have just yeah, been a all of it a stone lump in his pocket. In the, yeah, which you couldn't have gotten to. Right. <laughs> Even if you could, it would have been stone. Right, you wouldn't have been able to yeah to get it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love though that it's very small and secret. Somebody told him to keep it secret. Keep, keep it, it safe. safe. <laughs> um, so you know he did. Yeah, um, must have fallen out of the purse. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> oh, I'm stone. See, he should have had anyway the car alarm purse and the key on a ring together. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's a troll. Yeah, you're not, not, exactly not very bright. smart. There, what, what did I love? How did the narrator put it? They're a little slow on the uptake. A little uptake. slow on the uptake. Yeah. And, and they, oh, they, they don't and they don't like things that are new or uh, new things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was really. I love that phrase. Uh, I will find that again. Yeah, trolls are slow in the uptake and mighty suspicious about anything <laughs> new to them. Yeah, it's great. I know some people like that, um, but none of you, listeners, no, no, none no, of no, you, dear no. listeners. I wasn't referring to any of you. Just to make he sure he was probably talking about me. No. <laughs> Only a little. No, it, the, the truth is actually every time I every time I am slow on the uptake with something, I always think of that passage. I always. I know. I, know, I do too. I, I, I want to use that one on Facebook more often. Like I'm a bit slow uh, on the uptake. And, a little slow on the uptake yeah. and a bit suspicious <laughs> about anything new to yeah. me. Uh, Gandalf's line. What do you make of this? That that um, they were not made by any troll. Well, duh. Yeah. Or by duh. any smith among men in these parts and days. Yeah. But when we can read the runes on them, we shall know more about. Yeah. Them. I, I think Good it's interesting stuff. that he makes no attempt to read the runes. and Yeah, that's the first thing I was thinking. Yeah, and I want to talk about that again next episode when we find out about yeah. the history of the swords. But I think it's worth noting yeah, here that true. he knows that they're not made by a troll. And he says, you know, by, by any smith among part, men in these parts and days. I think, you know, he's that tells us he knows more about these swords than he's he letting knows something. on. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely knows he's something. He's aware of at least the... You know, if not the specific identity yeah. uh, of these swords, he certainly has an idea that these are, you know, pre-third yeah, age. Yeah, And, you know, kind of kind of spoiling next episode a little bit. You know, people do occasionally sure, ask, you know, why can't Gandalf read the runes? Well, we'll talk right, about this next right. episode more. But, you know, he doesn't. he doesn't say he can't read the runes. He just says when we can read the runes. Um, right. You know, they're it in a troll be... cave right now. Right. For, exactly. Forgive him for not taking the time to stop and decipher runes. You know? Yeah. If, <laughs> that's a very good point. It reeks. Yeah. We've got to get out of here. Yeah. So that basically is what Feely And Feely says. is the one who, you know, who, um, who cautions or who warns them, you know, let's get out of it. Reminds yeah. Them. This is a bad place yeah. to be. But yeah. Um, so they we'll, do we'll find talk more, We'll definitely talk more about that next episode. Yeah. I think we have a question in the bag. We do. Uh, on that. I don't know if we get to that tonight or, or uh, what we'll the We'll get to it in the next episode. But, I've already got it okay. uh, lined up. So they do get some food. Um, they have bread and cheese and ale and bacon. Mm. Man, that's just, there you that go. sounds great. You got bacon. That's all uh, you that's need, right? That's breakfast for me. Except for Beatles the song? Ale. Bacon is all you need? Bacon is all you need. Yeah, that was a no, wait, little known uh, Beatles song. <laughs> it was a B-side of the album there. <laughs> um, I mean, really, bacon is all I need, so... Um, Let's see. So what do they do? So they bury the treasure. Now, this is interesting. What do you make of this? The dwarves um, putting a great many spells over That's them, very, over the, the treasure. That is very interesting to me. Um, dwarves have access to spells. Yeah, or Gandalf. Um, I don't know. That's true. Gandalf could have put them. Yeah, it doesn't it just but it, but it is interesting so that you never, you don't usually see Tolkien talk much about spells in the legendary. I mean, no, and we've talked before about no. how Gandalf is not that kind of wizard, you know? 
Um, right. But uh, but yeah, apparently they had access to something. You wonder. I mean, they may not have been functional spells. I mean, it might have been no more effective than just an ordinary hex, right? I mean, uh, if if some, you know, a quote-unquote witch, you know, puts a hex on you and it has no power, unless you believe there's mm-hmm. power, um, the same with this. This might be the dwarves just put the, a spell that on not, it. It's not real. They just... Maybe. I, I don't know. I, yeah. They don't know that it's not real. They think it's real. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not you know sure what? about that. But... Hold on. It just reminded me of something. Okay. Going back to the the Far Over the Misty Mountains Cold, the second stanza, the dwarves of yore made mighty spells while hammers oh, well, fell like ringing bells. So, so dwarves must have some know. spells. Yeah, something. So it could just it could just be something that, you know, maybe something in dwarvish belief. You know, yeah, maybe uh, yeah. words of good luck, words of good omen, something like that. You know, something along those lines. So or it Thorne, could be of course, magic. asked we the just obvious. Don't know. You're right. You're right. It could be. I. That's something I think we'll probably go and touch on in our post. We'll try. I don't know that we'll find an answer. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll take a look into spells <laughs> yeah. because I know there's an there's got to be a, a linguistic issue. I, I, um, well, yeah. I mean, a, a spell just means something you speak. You know. Right. Just that's exactly right. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that we'll, uh, that's why they talk about like spells being on, on swords yeah. and things like that and on weapons. And it's not necessarily that it means not there's necessarily a magic some sort of magical spell. enchantment. Right. Yeah. So maybe Something that's to what look we into. got here. Thorne asks him the obvious question, where did you go? <laughs> <laughs> and Gandalf, I love this. He's so, well, he's so Gandalf, really. I mean, that's, uh, I know that's not an adjective, but it works here. He says, you know, to look ahead. Yeah. And, and what brought you back? Looking behind. Looking behind. Yeah. You know, he does tell him, he does spell it out for him. He says, look, I was a, I went on out to, to, to spy out where we're going, to find out where we're going next. I was worried about our stock of provisions. Found, you know, ended up encountering some of my friends from mm-hmm. Rivendell. Now, totally unlike the movie, Thorne doesn't be like, well, we're not going there. You know, um, it, 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 nothing about That's that. Yeah. There's no... Hatred of like that's the one thing I remember thinking in the first one. Like, Thorin's all suspicious of Gandalf. I'd almost rather face the orcs than go to go to the right. Rivendell. Well, they really I mean, they really wow. played up the elf dwarf. Uh, you know, they animosity did, and I get there. that. I it's cinematic, but um, so yeah. So now this is interesting. There's a little reveal in here. They were hurrying along for fear of the trolls. The elves. Feared the trolls. Oh, that's a good catch. These are these are really seriously nasty critters. Yeah, that's true. Um, so you know they didn't they they weren't taking them lightly. That's they were that's the ones a really who good point. Them. That sh- that shows that? that these were these were serious foes. You know, don't this is a danger. Don't be fooled yeah. by the fact that this was just Bilbo and you know these thirteen kind of hapless dwarves that were right. Um, even the elves are afraid. Even of the them. elves are afraid yeah. of them. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good catch. Yeah. So that's the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you you have on um, on this before we move on to, uh, to everything else? No, I think that's it. I, I think, think so. That, I'm trying to remember. Uh, you know, I think we that's do all know I've that. Got. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, we did get the word larder, didn't we? Uh, yeah, they'd gotten food from the trolls' larder. So I think oh, we've talked yeah. a little bit about that that phrase. Talked a little bit we'll about larders last time, didn't we? Yeah, and I think we'll see it again too. So yeah. good stuff. Well, I that if they was had a great a discussion. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was good stuff. Um, awesome. Great. Absolutely. And I love that chapter. One of my favorite ones in the whole book. And I really enjoyed going through that with you, Sean. So, folks, be sure to join us again next week. Thanks to our Patreon family. We are now releasing these episodes 
every single week, which will probably kill us, but we'll try. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But this one was a lot of fun. So if they're all as fun mm-hmm. as this, it's going to be easy. Uh, yeah, but tune in next hobby. time, one week from today, to hear all about the Tra La La Lally Elves and the oh, fine yeah, print yeah. on Thor's map or on Thorin's map. <laughs> Or Thor's <laughs> map, either way. Or it is, yeah. yeah. Thor's either way. Late of Thor. The map. <laughs> the map. The map of Thor and Thorin. Yes. Now, before we see what Marlin has for us, I, I want to ask you folks if you believe we've earned your support here at the Prancing Pony Podcast, we'd ask you to please consider joining our Patreon family at patreon.com/slash prancingponypod. It's thanks to our Patreon family that we're able to make this move to weekly episodes. But we do have another goal to reach and some really cool rewards, too, like exclusive content and some really cool swag. Yeah, and in fact, one of the bits of exclusive content content that our patrons receive is a, a five to ten minute postscript to each episode. Uh, you've heard mm-hmm. us uh, allude. Uh, <laughs> five allude five might be a yeah. An we, uh, we haven't gone Maybe five we yet. Say 10 to We've gone ten to fifteen minute. on most of them. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what that is is basically since we record these episodes in advance, we get a chance to listen to the episodes before they release, and so we see if there's any jokes we missed out on or any topics we want to explore more, like. Um, this, uh, yeah, this like the spell, Dwarven spells. spells. Yeah. yeah. So we end up recording a special Patreon-exclusive postscript that releases the same day as the episode that it follows. So if you want access to those bonuses, be sure to join the Fellowship of the Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also want to take a moment to thank those of you who've already joined. Uh, you're helping to make this show even better, and we're grateful. And we especially want to thank and give a very special shout-out to Maya in Michigan and Jason in British Columbia. They are our patrons at the Kierdance Contribution tier. Mm-hmm. So if you want a personalized shout-out on our show, now you know where to go. And look, while your support is greatly appreciated, we do not want you to feel obligated. Uh, only if you can afford it and if you think we've earned it uh, do we want you to consider signing up. Otherwise, keep enjoying the podcast because we'll keep making it. Um, yep. Now, this is the point where we usually tell you about the survey for our podcast, Hope, that we need your help <laughs> with. But we have some very good news. We've actually received yes. enough completed surveys to stop bugging you guys. Um, in fact, <laughs> yes, we, have. we received the list of email addresses from our podcast host earlier this week, and we conducted the drawing uh, earlier this month, I should say, and conducted the right. drawing uh, earlier this month. So we have our winners. Alan? That's right. We do. Our our first winner is Melanie T. from San Francisco, California. She won a copy of the first edition facsimile of The Hobbit. She expressed her surprise at encountering this sort of chance, if chance it be, she said. (laughs) Uh, Kudos to her for that. Our second winner, who received a copy of Baron and Luthien, is Trevor D. from San Diego, California. And no, I did not choose two fellow Californians on purpose. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what the odds are of that. I'd have to do the math, and I'm not good at math anymore. Uh, But I do want to give an honorable mention, if I may. You, You might recall that we said this drawing was only for U.S. residents because of shipping costs. Uh, It's hard to tell where someone's from by their email address, as our initial winner found out the hard way. A special shout-out then to Ruben V. from the U.K., for he gave it up in the end of his own accord. An important point, (laughs) as Gandalf might say. Um, In this case, Ruben's loss is Trevor's gain. So, Sean, do we have any questions in Barnum's bag this time around? Uh, Well, first of all, uh, thank you, Ruben, and congratulations to Melanie and Trevor. Um, Yes, yes. And uh, and to answer your question, Alan, yes, we do. I think we have time for two. Um, I think we do. The first one we have here is from Maya in Michigan, uh, one of our priority access patrons. Um, Uh And Maya wrote in asking, did the Dunedain in Middle-earth during the time of the mid to late Third Age still use the Adonaic language amongst themselves? Hmm. An interesting question, and I think I have an answer for you, Maya. Uh, The answer is both yes and no. 
Never go, go not to, to Sean the podcast for counsel. For counsel. <laughs> go not to, go Sean not to the real life Lord of the Mark for linguistic counsel, for he will say both <laughs> yes and no. Um, the truth is that Appendix F says, in the Second Age, the Adonaiic of Numenor, so this is in the Second Age, the Adonaiic right. of Numenor was spoken in the forts and havens that the Numenorians maintained upon the coast of Middle-earth. And mingled with many words of the languages of lesser men, it became a common speech that spread thence along the coasts among all that had dealings with Westerness. Basically, what that means is that okay. Adonaiic actually became Westron. I um, see. The, yeah. In fact, the, the, the common speech that right, spread along the coast. Right. right. The Westron word for Westron is Aduni. Um, oh. And clearly, you can hear the similarity between Aduni and Adunaic. Uh, yeah, It really absolutely. was the same language. It's just it, the language had changed. It, it's, it's really much the same thing as what happened with English. You know, Old English oh, yeah, uh, yeah. of a thousand years ago uh, changed over a thousand years of, you know, uh, basically... Um, intermingling with other languages and, you know, vocabulary right. trading and things like that uh, changed into right. the English we speak today. Bringing it's, in stuff from other languages right, like from French Latin and, and French and, yeah. and Greek and things like that. It's still English, but it's very different a thousand years later. Oh. And of course, Tolkien knew Oh, yeah. Knew People that. who spoke Old English yeah, wouldn't look understand. At, look at Beowulf. Go read Beowulf or listen <laughs> to, you know, Miranda Otto singing the Old English dirge in, oh. in, the, in Peter Jackson's Two Towers. You know, He's still my beating heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's very yeah. different, but it is still English. Um, yeah. That's basically what's going on with Adonaiic and Westron. Um, that's a good answer. And remember that within the framework of uh, the whole conceit that Tolkien's translating all this stuff, right? Remember the Red right, Book of Westmarch. Right. The language that the Red Book of Westmarch was written in was Westron. And so yeah. every time characters speak English to each other in the book uh, that we're mm -hmm. reading, they're actually speaking Westron to each other in the Red Book of Westmarch. So of course. to answer Maya's question... Everybody was speaking it all the time, but there's really no reason to believe that the Dunedine would have been using uh, an archaic form of it amongst themselves. I think they, they no. would not have because that language really had changed into the language. I'm that sure we know. a few words probably, but yeah. Yeah, could be. And, and, and I think maybe we get we might even get a little bit of that with, uh, you know, with some of the archaic uh, the archaic registers that we see in some some dialogue in Lord of the Rings. But sure. But um uh, on the whole, no. I don't think anybody was speaking Adonaiic. I think they were all speaking Westron. Right, which is the descendant of Adonaiic. Right. Very cool. Good yep. stuff. Thanks, Maya. Great question. Yeah, thank you for that one, Maya. I, I always enjoy a, a chance to, to dig into the linguistics. Um, the second question we have comes from another listener, Jeff, in New York. And Jeff uh, asks about uh, the first chapter of The Hobbit. He says, We learn in the first chapter that the old Took was Gandalf's friend that Gandalf gave him magic diamond studs as a gift and oh, for yes. years has been returning to the Shire and was known for telling wonderful tales at parties and brought fireworks and all that. But we also learned from Bilbo that Gandalf is allegedly responsible for so many quiet lads and lasses going off into the blue for mad adventures, from climbing trees to visiting elves or sailing in ships, sailing to other shores, and that he used to upset things badly. Um, now, Jeff goes on to say, I don't read too much into this in, in The Hobbit as... Uh, as more than just, you know, some fun stage setting when you think of the right. book as a standalone tale. But he says, right. but when you contextualize The Hobbit as part of the legendarium, as Tolkien eventually did, and place it in, in the terms of this larger saga, what do we make of this? Is Bilbo hmm. really just uh, the, the penultimate Hobbit, the second to last Hobbit to be pushed out of his door and into a great adventure after a long line of, <laughs> of such Hobbits? That's so I think what he's saying question. is, you know, uh, and Bilbo talks about all these stories he's heard of Gandalf. Are all these stories true? Has Gandalf mm. really been taking hobbits away from their comfortable homes for 
generations and taking them on adventures. And oh, um, my. It's a really good question, <laughs> although I'm afraid to say, Jeff, uh, your guess is as good as ours. Well, that was fast. Next question. <laughs> yeah, somehow I, I'm fairly sure my loquacious co-host isn't going to let it go that easily, are you? Mike? No, of course I'm not. No, of course not, Jeff. No, I, I actually did look into it. Um, I looked everywhere I can think of, and, and there's really not a whole lot that's definitive. Um, the only evidence I can offer either way is this. Uh, in the first edition, which uh, I can check both in Anderson's Annotated Hobbit and also in the first edition facsimile, um, in the first edition, the text reads... Not the Gandalf who was responsible for so many quiet lads and lasses going off into the blue for mad adventures. Anything from climbing trees to stowing away aboard the ships that sail to the other side. Oh, my goodness. So. Oh, man. You know what that sounds like. Yeah. Um, when We can see that when he revised The Hobbit. Gandalf's into, a serial killer. <laughs> right, exactly. You're going exactly I mean, where I'm going. Because oh my when he revised The Hobbit to bring it into the Legendarium, Tolkien didn't right. get rid of this reference to lads and lasses going off for adventures. He did get rid of the idea that they were going to the other side, right. capital O, capital S, because that sounds like they're going to Valinor. Yeah. Um, that sounds like they're idea. sailing to Valinor uninvited, and we we know what happens to people who go to Valinor <laughs> uninvited. Yes, we do. So, uh, yeah, I can't imagine that, you know, I, I think Tolkien is probably looking at that and thinking, well, I can't have Gandalf sending hobbits to, you know, to go join Arpharazon in his cave. So no. let me change that a little bit. But yeah. he, he leaves the adventures part untouched. So he does. I don't know. I, I mean, I know that's not conclusive, but it's an answer. I don't know. Do you have any yeah, thoughts on it? It's now? an answer. Well, I mean, it, it is darkly entertaining to imagine a bunch of rebellious, adventurous hobbits, mostly Tooks, I would imagine, waiting for the last battle on the Day of Doom in the Caves of the Forgotten, giving Arpharazon <laughs> and his troops a hard time. Uh, but I don't think that's what's happening. Asking it, for contractual it, language in the uh, exactly. I would like to know the particulars. The if yeah. you really want me to help you with this, right? Um, it does sound though like Gandalf has been sending hobbits on various journeys for some time now. Again, probably mm-hmm. mostly Tooks, if I had yeah, to guess. I agree. But you know, I kind of get the feeling that part of what Bilbo mentions here is is almost like an urban legend in some way. That some of what Bilbo's hmm. talking about is is exaggerated and the result of rumor mongering, which frankly is an apparent pastime of most hobbits. Mm. So, uh, so sort of a, my Uncle Otho read about it in an email he got from his cousin Blanco, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have a fact checker to, to, right, to do it right. right. <laughs> Could so, be. Interesting stuff. We won't know for sure, but it certainly no. is, is, is interesting to look at. Yeah. Well, Good folks, question, Jeff. It really is. And, and folks, that does wrap it up for another episode of the Prancing Pony podcast. As always, we thank you very much for joining us. Be sure to join us again next week when we visit Rivendell and the Last Homely House. And we move from Borough Hobbit Pies to My Favorite Singing Elves. <laughs> oh, your favorites. My Folks, favorites. Folks, we, uh, we want to encourage you all to read along and take notes in your own copy of The Hobbit. So please check out the official library tab on our website, theprancingponypodcast.com. We've got links to everything from inexpensive paperbacks to the really good stuff for your Tolkien collection. And if you wouldn't mind heading over to iTunes for us and leaving a review, we'd really be grateful for that. Those reviews help us get more visibility in iTunes, and that translates to a bigger and more vibrant Tolkien community. It absolutely does. And thanks to those of you who have, by the way. There's a ton of you. And I also want to just add to that, thank you for all the kind reviews we've gotten on our Facebook page as well. I, I'm yes. stunned. Uh, it, you know, it, it's if I ever want to be humble, I can't read those. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm super, People seriously, are, it's have embarrassing. People have said some very, very nice things. Yes, it is. We are grateful. Yes, we uh, really we read are. every single one of them, and we are really yes. quite thoroughly blushing when we're done. 
Yes, um, we are. Make sure you never miss an episode of the show. Subscribe to the Prancing Pony podcast through iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can find us in every podcast directory that I'm aware of. And check out the podcast app on iOS 11 as it supports our new uh, season and episode tags. Yeah, there's some some cool stuff in there. Yeah. I'm just yeah. starting to learn uh, the, the new app after updating my phone. Yeah. Um, and we want to thank all those of you who have become part of our social media family. We set out to start a Tolkien conversation that everyone could join, which is why we have our online common room on Facebook at The Prancing Pony Podcast and on Twitter at Prancing Pony Pod. That's on Facebook at The Prancing Pony Podcast, not on not the on Facebook the at Facebook. Prancing. Man, I'm never going to live that one down. No, I will not let you, man. Are you ever going <laughs> to let me live down? Den- Den- Quittle? No, you're no. never going to let me live that down. Not anytime soon. <laughs> Folks, one last thing as always, don't forget to send your questions, comments, or your recipes for dwarvish jelly. So, <laughs> really, it's more like marmalade, right? I mean, all the pulp would still be in it. Oh, oh. <laughs> to uh, Parsimon <laughs> at theprancingponypodcast.com. That is our new email address, so be sure to take note. Barlamon at theprancingponypodcast.com. And we'll try to get them into our next episode, <laughs> maybe even make some of those recipes. Well, an hour and a half, a little bit more than that, is still far too short a time to spend amongst such excellent and admirable listeners. But until next time, farewell, friends.